The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. through the Psalms one at a time for a very long time because we were on Psalm 81 this morning. So it was a very long time we've been studying Psalms and we love it. And the song, um, you're welcome in this place. You know, we welcome that God be in our hearts and in this place. And it is such a pleasure to worship with dear friends who feel that way because the Psalm we looked at today, God said, you know, well, it was like he said, sing to me, worship me, welcome me. And then there was a statement that I would have done because God would do wonderful things in our lives, except the people turned away from him and didn't welcome him. So welcoming the Lord our God is the key to having him do everything that he desires to do. Heavenly Father, we do welcome you here, Holy Spirit, and our precious Lord Jesus, the three in one. We welcome you. Take over our church and our lives according to your perfect purpose, Lord. Guide and direct us according to your will that we may be a glory to you, Lord Jesus. We thank you and we ask you to bless and, um, and speak through Pastor Ray today and we thank you for our worship leaders that have prepared to lead us to the throne today. We praise you in Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everybody. You know, as I get ready to share with you the hope for, it, for today, um, I'm reminded of the pain that I go through and Wayne's been going through with our sciatica issues and we're talking about our foundation and how if there's something going on that affects that, then it affects it. But here's the good word, a solid foundation. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Children sing the song, the wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man does build his house upon the rock. 
the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. Nothing built on or any other substance will stand the test of time. In the big cities, you'll see the wrecking ball that will destroy old structures to make new ones. And then the same old structures that are in other countries, they are centuries old, but eventually they could be destroyed by natural disasters or by man. But even though those are destroyed, um, the, the thing that we need to keep in mind is the solid foundation that we have in Christ will stand. Jesus said, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Are you listening to God's word and putting it into practice every day? The hope for today, have you ever lost something valuable to theft or natural disaster? It's hard sometimes to come back from that kind of loss, but the life we have that's built on Jesus can never be shaken. Joy, peace, and salvation are eternally secure. Amen. <clears throat> Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13.
couple of things from Sunday school I remember. That's, that's not bad, two things. One is that we are to praise God, and the other is that we are to allow God to teach us. Because we incur certain duties and ways of life when we come into the kingdom. Well, Psalm 12, help, Lord, for the godly man ceases, for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. They speak highly, everyone with his neighbor, with flattering lips and a double heart they speak. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. Who have said with our tongue, we will prevail. Our lips are our own, who is Lord over us. For the oppression of the poor, for the sign of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he yearns. The words of the Lord are pure words like silver, tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. You shall keep them, O Lord, you shall preserve them from this generation forever. The wicked prowl on every side when vileness is exalted among the sons of men. Would you stand and join me in the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And greet one another in the name of our Lord. Our gospel scripture today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 34, 24 through 30, and 36 through 43. Here is another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where'd it come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Shall we pull out the weeds, they asked? No, he replied. You'll uproot the weed if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles and burn them, and to put the, put the wheat in the barn. Then leaving the crowds outside, Jesus went into the house. His disciples said, please explain to us the story of the weeds in the field. And Jesus replied, The Son of Man is the farmer who plants the good seed. The field is the world, and the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. 
The enemy who planted the weeds among the wheat is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the harvesters are the angels. Just as the weeds are sorted out and burned in fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace, where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their father's kingdom. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. this morning. New Bible and rested from a wonderful vacation. The uh, highlight of our trip <clears throat> to uh, 
the big island of Hawaii, was um, visiting the YWAM campus, Youth with a Mission. It is a veritable training ground for young missionaries. And uh, the week we were there, they were hosting a youth, I would call it a retreat, and uh, to see upwards of a thousand teenagers excited about their faith. Did my heart good? <laughs> a friend of Ladane um, <clears throat> gave us a wonderful deal on a condo she owns. And uh, there, there was a caveat. We had to go visit her daughter at the YWAM facility. She is on staff and has been on staff for the past eight years. And uh, her testimonies of her missionary endeavors so encouraged us. It was a, uh, a blessing, a big blessing. I would encourage you, if you have uh, grandchildren or young people you know who uh, are in consternation of what to do with their lives, send them to this YWAM campus. They have a, I would call it a work release program, but you can go there and uh, work as a volunteer serving, doing a hundred different things, and they will pay your room and board for seven weeks or as long as three months. And most of the kids who do this go automatically into discipleship training. So if you've got young ones you know that need some help deciding what God has called them to do, send them to Hawaii for seven weeks. Yes, yes. They have another campus in uh, Maui and I don't know where else, but uh, it is a marvelous program and uh, support it if you can. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the, the glory of your name. We thank you for the high privilege of joining you in winning this world to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We pray that you will invigorate us this morning by your word, by your spirit. Speak to us, speak to the depths of our hearts Encourage our souls, Father, through your word. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Show us slide one, please. Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 16. But there was a certain man named Ananias, who, with his wife Sapphira, sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. 
Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not to sell, as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. Then some young men got up and wrapped him in a sheet and took him out and buried him. Slide two, please. This gives a whole new meaning to slain in the Spirit. Slain by the Spirit. Slide two. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, was this the price you and your husband received for the land? Yes, she replied. This was the price. And Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door and they will carry you out too. Instantly she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. What would we do and say if that happened in our church? Talk about the fear of the Lord. We would certainly have the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs 9 verse 10. The sin of Ananias and Sapphira was not keeping a portion of the money. Their sin was deception. And deception at its root is rebellion against God. Slide 3 please. Continuing in verse 12, the apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the peoples were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. But no one else dared to join them, even though all the people held them in high regard. No one else dared join them. Why do you think? Cancel culture is nothing new. It's been around for thousands of years. Since time immemorial, we've had cancel culture. The early church was principally Jews. And to demit from Judaism was serious business. You would be banished from all facets of Jewish society. Typically, your family would hold a funeral for you from leaving the Jewish faith. Orthodox Jews today still do this. They will hold a funeral for you. As a matter of fact, in Israel, 
you could defect from Judaism and become a Muslim and that be more accepted than becoming a Christian. This is what's coming for the church of Jesus Christ. Some serious cancel culture. We've seen nothing yet. We will not only be canceled, we will be banished, even hunted. Did you know some of the larger churches in America, very insightful, they are beginning to plan a future. Big churches that have doctors, lawyers, and essential services like those are planning a way to survive in a culture that will not let you buy or sell. We need to be thinking about this. The only way Christians will survive what's coming will be a barter system. We will have to take care of each other. Persecution is coming to America. It's already here. Have you heard people say, oh, I wish we could have a New Testament church. I wish we had a New Testament church. No, you don't. Think about the persecution that the early church went through. Life in the early church was no walk in the park. For us to be the early church, we will have to be a persecuted church. Just ask Nigerian Christians. It's coming. And how soon is anybody's guess? I told you two weeks ago how the World Health Organization has issued a digital passport. The entire EU has already bought into it. And experts say that within a year you will not be able to travel to Europe nor will Europe be able to come here without this digital passport. Did you know the WHO, World Health Organization, held a conference regarding this passport? And all who attended this conference were compelled to sign a guarantee, more or less, that they would yield to the World Health Organization total authority over anything the WHO calls epidemic. And guess what? The World Health Organization calls global warming a health epidemic. And who did we send to this notorious meeting? John Kerry, Mr. Global Warming himself. If you want to educate yourself on the issue, go to YouTube. Pull up an interview that Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Church does with Jim Garlow. It is most enlightening. There's an interesting statistic that came out of this interview. Mr. Garlow said there are 340,000 Protestant churches in America currently, but only 15,000 preach a biblical gospel and a biblical worldview. Lucky you. 
your pastor preaches a biblical gospel and a biblical worldview. Verse 14, Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. And as a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. Now, there is no record in Scripture that Peter's shadow healed anyone but it does relate to the level of belief in the power of God that was manifested by the apostles' message. Superstition does not heal, but coming to God in faith most certainly does. But why do you think the Lord judged Ananias and Sapphira so severely? The church pure is the church powerful, G. Campbell Morgan. Holiness is not a suggestion. God says it is imperative. And what's a good definition of holiness? Holiness is wanting God and nothing else. Here in chapter 5, God has used a drastic event to convey a drastic truth. He's saying, my church must be holy, for I am holy. Jesus said, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. How do we do that? What's that mean? It means be perfectly saved. Be perfectly redeemed. Do not embrace cheap grace. Don't live as though God's grace is cheap or common. Live a holy life which glorifies God. Slide four, please. Fear the Lord your God for your own good. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 through 13. This is the Most High God speaking. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God and live in a way that pleases Him, and love Him and serve Him with all your heart and soul. And you must always obey the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. If you have the fear of the Lord, you don't commit premeditated sins. If you love the Lord, we don't stray from His presence. We sit at His feet and learn of Him. Anytime we tell one another even a half-truth, we are guilty of the same sin as Ananias and Sapphira. Let me tell you my thought. I believe the Lord God did the same thing to Ananias and Sapphira that He did to the children of Israel in the book of Numbers chapter 16. Let me give you a brief synopsis of what happened in chapter 16. Korah and his followers rebel against Moses' leadership. 
Korah is part of the tribe of Levi, which was designated by God to be the religious leaders of Israel. You could not be a priest to the Lord God unless you were from the tribe of Levi. But Korah leads a mutiny against Moses' leadership. It does not end well. He has formed a rebellion of 250 prominent leaders of the children of Israel. And he says to Moses, slide five, please. Numbers 16.3. This is Korah speaking. Moses, you have gone too far. The whole community of Israel has been set apart by the Lord. And he is with all of us. What right do you have to act as though you are greater than the rest of Lord's people? Then Moses summoned Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, but they replied, We refuse to come before you. Isn't it enough that you have brought us out of Egypt, a land flowing with milk and honey? I would have thought they would have choked on that statement. They never ate milk and honey in Egypt. If anything, they had a steady diet of leeks and onions. You brought us out of the land flowing with milk and honey to kill us here in the wilderness, and that you now treat us like your subjects? What's more, you haven't brought us into another land flowing with milk and honey. You haven't given us a new homeland with fields and vineyards. Are you trying to fool these men? We will not come before you. Slide six. And the Lord said to Moses, Then tell all the people to get away from the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. So Moses got up and rushed over to the tents of Dathan and Abiram, followed by the elders of Israel. He said, Quick, Get away from the tents of these wicked men and don't touch anything that belongs to them. If you do, you will be destroyed for their sins. So all the people stood back from the tents of Korah, of Dathan, and Abiram. Then Dathan and Abiram came out and stood at the entrances to their tents together with their wives and children and little ones. And Moses said, this is how you will know that the Lord has sent me to do all these things that I have done. For I have not done them on my own. These men have shown contempt for the Lord. Slide 7. If God does nothing, then I have no authority from God. But if the earth swallows them up, I am the one sent by God to lead Israel. Moses had hardly finished speaking these words when the ground suddenly split open beneath them. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed the men along with their households and all their followers who were standing with them and everything they owned. You see, you can take it with you. But you won't enjoy it for a moment. So they went down alive into the grave along with all their belongings. The earth closed over them and they all vanished from among the people of Israel. All the people around them fled when they heard the people's screams. The earth will swallow us too, they cried. 
Then fire blazed forth from the Lord and burned up the 250 men who were offering incense. Offering incense won't save you when your heart's not right. And then something worse happened. Those who saw this started complaining to Moses that he had killed some of their fellow Israelites. And instantly the Lord sent a plague among them that killed another 14,700 people. Before Moses could place incense burners among them to purify them. What did incense represent in the Old Testament? Prayers offered up to God. What's the moral of this story? Well, it could be God doesn't like complainers. But seriously, when God places people in authority over his church, be very careful what you say against them. And do not rebel against their authority, for you'll find yourself rebelling against God's authority. This is what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. They were not so much lying to the apostles or gods of people as they were lying to the Holy Spirit, thereby denying God's authority and the authority he had placed in his apostles. They were rebelling against God. The church pure is the church powerful. Ananias and Sapphira were trying to deceive the Holy Spirit and thereby dismissing his power and authority. What's the opposite of love? I've asked you this several times. The opposite of love is not hate. In this case, it's being dismissive. Dismissive of God's holiness and his authority over our lives. You and I have been commissioned by God to live in His Spirit. Slide 8. This from St. Paul's Sermon on Mars Hill to the men of Athens. Acts 17, 26-28 from the Amplified. And He made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their lands and territories. You're living exactly where God has determined you should live right now. And you should say hallelujah. This was so that they would seek God if perhaps they might grasp for Him and find Him. How do we grasp for God? When you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. Though he is not far from each of us, for in him we live and move and exist. That is, in him we actually have our being. For me, the story of Ananias and Sapphira is a study in sanctity, holiness, and the power of God's Holy Spirit. We do not trifle with God's Holy Spirit. But how do we live and move and have our being in the Holy Spirit? How many of you have seen the sound of freedom? 
you need to go see this movie. Slide nine, please. Tim Ballard is the protagonist of the film. He is the principal character. Ballard is a homeland security agent who in the film is played by Jim Caviezel. You might remember the same actor that played uh, The Passion of the Christ. But I say if you're currently drawing breath, if you consider yourself a Christian, you need to go see this movie. Trinity Broadcast Network did a recent interview with Tim Ballard and Jim Caviezel regarding this film. And Tim Ballard talked about Caviezel's intensity in one scene of the movie where Ballard is trying to entrap a pedophile who is, uh, Ballard is pretending to be a pedophile seeking to purchase a child. And Ballard asked the pedophile to outline a plan for him to be able to buy a trafficked child. And as the pedophile goes into great detail of telling him how he will arrange this, Caviezel ad-libs in the film, ad-libs from the script, and he looks at the pedophile and says, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the depths of the sea. Matthew 18, 6. And in the movie, the pedophile... So what's that mean? And Caviezel replies, it means you're under arrest. Ballard had been tape recording the whole conversation. In the interview, Ballard asked Caviezel, how did you know that was exactly what I said in that situation? I had forgotten this. It didn't get into the script. How did you know that's exactly what I said? Caviezel answered only two words, holy Wonderful things happen when we live and move and have our being in the Holy Spirit. If you know anything about Caviezel, he lives and moves in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit directs our every move and even prompts us as to what we should speak in any given situation. And you say, okay, right now, dial that down for me. How does that work in my everyday life? Slide 10, please. Here's an acrostic I learned while I was in Hawaii. We did a few church services too. There's a marvelous little church there in Kona called the Living Stones Church. And the pastor admitted, he said, I borrowed this acrostic from a pastor in Mississippi. So it's twice borrowed. The ghost who is holy. The acrostic is for the ghost. G, get before God. Take time to seat yourself before him and then just listen. H, humble yourself before him. A good way to do this is read Psalm 51 out loud. Oh, obey what the Spirit tells you to do. And do not hesitate. S, specialized in your gifting. How many of you have done spiritual gifts testing? We have a need here. We'll, we'll get some testing. We'll make it available in the next few weeks. T, 
Train yourself to be ready to share your faith. The best way to train yourself in sharing your faith is just jump into it. We learn best by doing. Just try it. You may stumble, you may fumble, but the Holy Spirit will win the day. So just do it. I want to share another scene from the Sound of Freedom. Um, Angel Studios, who distributed the movie, and by the way, Hollywood wouldn't touch this movie. It was shelved for five years. Disney did their best. Actually, they left it on their shelves for three years. It took two years to purchase it from Disney and find distribution for it. So the movie was made five years ago. But you cannot keep God's truth under wraps. Angel Studios has a requirement that if you want to submit a movie to them for them to distribute, their guild requires that you give them five, the best five minutes of what you consider is the best part of the movie. So they gave them this scene. The scene is Caviezel playing the Homeland Security agent, Tim, and he's sitting across from a former Mexican cartel money man. And uh, he has regrettably had to tell this cartel member who has reformed and is now uh, operating undercover, purchasing children and then taking them to Christian safe houses. But everybody that knows him still thinks he is a, uh, <laughs> a sex trade member. But anyway, Caviezel's had to explain to this fellow that uh, he is getting pushback from Homeland Security and he's going to have to go home and that he fears the, his operation is over. So the cartel member gets up and starts walking away from the table and Caviezel asks him, why do you do this? Why do you do this? The cartel member comes back to the table takes off his hat and with a very sober tone says, let me tell you why. I was sent to prison. I got caught for money laundering. I did my time. I kept my mouth shut. But the night I was released from prison, I slept in my own bed and the next day I was back in business. But it didn't feel right. He said, so I one night was uh, stoned on cocaine. I stumbled out of my hotel, and there's this beautiful thing on the corner. I knew she was a prostitute, so I invited her up to my room. And after it all, I was watching her get dressed, and I looked at her feet. And I noticed that each of her toenails were painted with pink cat faces. And a horror came over me. And I said, she's not 25. She's not even 20. 
So he asked her, how old are you? She said, I'm 14. And I've been doing this since I was six years old. He said, I was given a glimpse into her soul and all I saw was darkness. And as she took the, my money and left the room, a tidal wave of darkness came over me. It was a tsunami of guilt. And I said to myself, the darkness I see in her eyes, I'm the darkness. And the darkness has to die. So he said, I picked up my 45 and I put it to my head. I put my finger on the trigger. And I thought to myself, well, this is probably a good time to ask if God is really real. So I asked, and he answered. He says, what did he tell me? He said, when God tells you what to do, you do not hesitate. Thus, back to our acrostic, obey what the Spirit tells you to do. And do not hesitate. Maybe you and I don't have an important job with the State Department or Border Patrol or Homeland Security. And we feel like there's no way that we could possibly make a difference. But we can. We can do something. John Wesley said God does nothing until we pray. But we can do more than pray. We can put some action behind our prayers. I just got a letter from Rand Paul. I believe in the past I sent him some money for his fight against abortion. But uh, he, he sent me a letter, and in it is a petition addressed to my state and federal senators, and he's asking me to forward it to them, demanding that on-demand abortion be outlawed. But I think I'll follow that letter up to my senators. I'll follow it up with something every bit as meaningful. I'll ask them to start legislation to end child trafficking. We can all write our senators. We can demand that laws be written to enforce well, if we just enforce what's on the books, what a major win. But we need laws against child predators that provide maximum penalties. Linda informed us in our prayer meeting last Thursday night that there's a government report that has been uncovered which states there are 300,000 immigrant children who are unaccounted for. Even CNN is reporting that the Department of Health and Human Services lost track of 1,500 unaccompanied immigrant children. Well, if CNN says there's 1,500, there's hundreds more. Hundreds more. When you go see the movie The Sound of Freedom, you will be informed of these facts. Sex trafficking has increased by 5,000% in the past few years. 
It has eclipsed the profitability of illegal arms sales. It is closing in on the profitability of the illegal drug market. Imagine that. Sex traffickers have a mantra. I can sell a bag of Coke maybe once a day. A child I can sell five to ten times a day. We can do something about it. John, would you show us the uh, trailer for the movie? I want you to get a glimpse of what this movie is about. fastest growing international crime network that the world has ever seen. We're Homeland Security. You know we can't go off rescuing Honduran kids in Colombia. This job tears you to pieces. And, and this is my one chance to put those pieces back together. And yet somehow, you have failed to bring me one real world lead. It's over, Tim. Close up and come back home. So you quit your job and you go and rescue those kids. South of that river is all rebel territory. No one goes in. Don't shoot! What if this was your daughter? She's gone. Hear that? That's the sound of freedom. Freedom is one of those films that can legitimately change this world. So we want to ignite a fire in audiences and open their eyes to the dark reality of millions of children that need our help. Let's make this film a historic event and the start the end of child trafficking. Theaters across this country are already selling out. Pre-order your tickets today and you can send the message that God's children are no longer for sale. Sadly, the United States is the most lucrative market for child porn 
and prostitution. And the Mexican cartels are flooding our southern borders with trafficked children. And we can do something about it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, our prayers are powerful. You tell us to pray in every way, in every situation. We need to pray against this. We have the power to do so. You have given us that power by your Holy Spirit. Help us prick our conscience to do what you have commanded us to do, to pray. But we can do more, Lord. We can put some action behind our prayers. Give us the courage and tenacity to do so. And we ask it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessings to you all. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Peace.